This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome, friends, to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Before we get rolling... I wish we I wish we had uh, timpani uh, like on the old uh, Jerry Lewis uh, telethon uh, and we go to the tote board I'm pleased to announce that we have a new affiliate KDET AM that's 9:30 a.m. KDET and that's in Shreveport Louisiana and uh, that uh, they're going to start carrying the conspiracy show Sundays from 4 to 6 p.m. So, thank you to KDET 9.30 a.m. and welcome aboard. Uh, just a reminder, my new podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, launched this past Wednesday. Hope you'll check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. And you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Google Play, etc. And don't forget my other new podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. Uh, new episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you can subscribe everywhere or just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. A musician, UFO ET experiencer, Kevin Estrella, is standing by to talk about uh, Pyramids on Mars. That's the name of his group. Uh, Pyramidian Sound Healing. Pyramidian Sound Healing. Now, I remember Pyramid Power back in the early 70s. Remember, remember the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs back then? Red Kelly was the coach, and he, uh, he thought he would try Pyramid Power to help the team. It didn't do much. Uh, but I am far more optimistic this time around. So we'll talk about Pyramid Power in a sense, Pyramidian Sound Healing. And uh, Kevin will uh, also share some of his UFO experiences and uh, his sincere belief that uh, E.T. is here now among us. We'll talk hybrids. A second hour of this transmission will go live to the Christmas house in Racine, Wisconsin. No, they're not selling Christmas trinkets there, as far as I know. Maybe. I don't know. But reportedly, this is a very haunted uh, location. And Carolyn, Carolyn Clapper is an evidential medium, a psychic, and a medical intuitive. And she's there. Now, I've been warned that there's a lot of activity in this old Victorian house. 
And so for those of you watching tonight's uh, presentation on the uh, YouTube channel, the live YouTube stream, who knows? Uh, we may get to see some sort of paranormal activity, poltergeist activity right in front of our eyes. Uh, incidentally, if you haven't already checked out the live YouTube stream, we, we do it almost every week. So uh, you really must uh, subscribe if you haven't. It adds a whole new dimension to this old radio show. And we invite you again to subscribe. We're over the uh, the 7,000 subs, 7,050-something, still looking to climb that mountain to 10,000. The first 10,000 is always the toughest. Um, now, we're going to hear musician Kevin Estrella in a moment in a sample of his Pyramidian sound healing. Uh, but before that, as per usual, let me introduce the boys in my band. He's on the other side of the glass, twisting the knobs, dials, and the uh, the doodads. On the Flying V Gibson guitar technical producer, Ian Robertson. On this side of the glass, here in studio with me, on the Rickenbacker bass guitar, occasionally the theremin story producer, Albert Vinzel. And on the Hammond B3, maybe later we'll get him to play Green Onions. Uh, feature producer, live stream producer, Ryan White. Now, before we get started, again, uh, lots of announcements tonight, but this is important. Ian Robertson. Um, this is very exciting. Ian Robertson, you have some exciting news. I hear you're going to be, get this, on the same bill as the killer. That's right. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. The wild man himself. <laughs> you're going to be on the same bill as Jerry Lee Lewis in Las Vegas with your band Grease Marks. Yeah, that's it. Holy smokes, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, along with legends, uh, Dwayne Eddy and uh, the Stray Cats, all part of Viva Las Vegas, the Rockabilly Weekender. At the Rockabilly Weekender, and when is this happening? Uh, it's April 19th to the 22nd. So Grease Marks will be on the stage as part of this Rockabilly Festival in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, we have two set times. Do you think you'll get to meet the killer? Hopefully. I got my 45s ready for him to sign, so I mean... And Brian Setzer? Yeah. <laughs> from the Stray Cats? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be yeah. uh, four nights of staying up every night, all night. Congratulations. Yeah, wild records. You, my friend, are just like, you're a rocket ship ready to take off. First, you, you cut an album out in Los Angeles, and now this. I'm so happy and proud of you. Thanks, Richard. It means a lot. Well, it's, uh, it's a, an amazing accomplishment. Please say hello to the killer for me, <laughs> if you will. All right. Uh, not many musicians have captured the interests of off-world visitors like Kevin Estrella. Kevin is no stranger to the UFO phenomena with an interdimensional when an interdimensional craft flew within 100 yards of him back in August of 2014. His, sightings or, his sighting was investigated and verified by MUFON. That's the Mutual UFO Network. He's had contact at least four times with craft of unearthly origin. Kevin Estrella is a world-class musician of the instrumental rock band Pyramids on Mars. And their self-titled debut album came out in 2013, then a follow-up album in 2015. Kevin has been welcomed deep into the UFO community after having his own first-hand encounter with something not of this world. He's now begun speaking publicly and has been a featured guest on over 24 UFO radio talk shows. He comes to uh, Artist First Radio, which is, a, we'll find out about that, to introduce guests who have been on board Alien Craft and have had direct contact with extraterrestrial beings. Kevin uh, will tell us a little bit, perhaps, about alien-human hybrids as well. And again, we'll talk about Pyramidian sound healing. Kevin Estrella, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? 
Richard, I'm so glad to be back. Oh, man, uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Well, uh, pyramidian uh, sound healing. First of all, let's, uh, let's talk about that. What is pyramidian sound healing? We have a sample we'll play in a few moments, but you just describe it. Whoop, you describe it for sure, us. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, was, um, I interviewed Campbell Foster back last year uh, for the Alien Cosmic Exhibition that took place at, uh, in Toronto. And he is the inventor of the Pyramidian. This it's a computational feedback synthesis. I, I remember um, seeing that because I, I, I was there. Uh, uh, I think a couple years ago, and I think I saw him when it was in Brantford. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he 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 builds these Pyramidians. So the, you probably would have saw these these um, Pyramidians, like these pyramids made of um, of um, copper that people sit inside and, and meditate. And he had his setup uh, set up there. And I had some incredible experiences with that, too, because they're very powerful, and the energies inside them are very powerful. Um, but this Pyramidian um, completely just blew my mind, because I didn't, I didn't know what it was until, until I actually went over to his place to rehearse for this sound healing. So you have to understand, my first introduction to the Pyramidian was just doing a radio interview with him, and then he did a... Um, 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 a meditative. We went through a meditative um, um, thing all over the phone, and he had the pyramidian playing in the background, and this strange sound, droning sound that was so hypnotic. And I'm just like in a trance, and my and my and my my consciousness was changing to like an alpha state, and I was like completely taken off the world. And he's and he's going through a walking meditation, but. Okay, I didn't understand what the pyramidian was. I didn't know where the sound was coming from. Exactly. And yeah, how does it generate it? This is the crazy thing. So I go over to his place because we were doing this rehearsal for this show, and I still didn't even know what the pyramidian was. <laughs> so what I saw on the floor was this frame of this, of this pyramid um, made of metal. And I'm like, okay, I wonder what this thing is. And then he says, yeah, we're going we're gonna to hook up the pyramidian. I'm like, well, what is that? He says, it's a computational feedback synthesis machine. And then he points over to the wall, and there's this huge disc that's, uh, that's, um, that um, he, we put on top of, the, of this pyramid. And then he puts a microphone underneath it and, and, a, and a speaker, and it's, it's making its own, it's resonating its own sound. It's creating its own sound, and all he's doing is just, you know, put, feedbacking the sound through itself. And it was crazy. It's absolutely amazing sound that sounds like um, a Moog analog synthesizer from the 70s. But it was just out of this world. It was beautiful. And I'm like... And is it always emitting the same frequency? No. No, it, it doesn't. Um, see, he 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 has um, he was able to control certain tones through um, a, a board that he has. So he had tones programmed in, like you know, F, G, A, B, C, D, a scale. Uh, but it, it was all tuned. It's all tuned to four hundred and thirty-two hertz, which is very important because that's that's the natural tuning of the you know, Fibonacci natural tuning. And what is the and what is that note? That four hundred and thirty-two hertz. Four hundred and thirty-two hertz. Well, if um. If you know, a standard, uh, our music that we listen to today, they have a standard, the standard tuning is A equals 440 hertz. Okay. So that it's... becomes the standard tuning, and then all other notes are tuned from that, that frequency of the A note being 440 hertz. So it's somewhere, what, between well, a G and an A? What's that? It, well, so where would 432 be, somewhere between a G and an A or an F and an A? Yeah, it's halfway, it's halfway between... Um, um, 
um, is halfway between G sharp and A. Ah, so okay. it, it's it's basically it's eight hertz out. But the question is, does this make a difference? It makes all the difference in the world because that is 432 hertz is the, is the natural tuning of the universe. And when you start to understand, we can do a whole entire program on 432 hertz. We're not going to go there. Um, it, it, it's basically, it's a very important frequency, too, that's actually the, the, the natural tuning that all instruments should be tuned to because that's a frequency that, it, that we vibrate best at. And there's a whole science behind it, it and there's a whole crazy, it, it's related to everything from sacred, sacred geometry to the speed of light to... Um, to the di- diameter of the sun and the moon, they're all actual ratios of 432 hertz. Even even the um, um, the zodiac, the whole zodiac um, cycle is uh, is, uh, is you know is 12 times 60, which equals 4,302. Whatever, it's all it's all everything connected, all connected. 432 hertz. So this pyramid made out of copper is producing. Yes. This sound at 432 hertz, and do we do we have a handle yet on how it's d- producing it? It, what it's doing is it's because of the pyramid itself, the frame. All the all the disc is doing is it's amplifying the sound of the pyramid. The frame of the bottom of the pyramid is based upon the, when he built it. It's the exact uh, um, geometry of the. Uh, the uh, Cheops Great Pyramids in 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 in, uh, in Egypt. Obviously, the scale but, is different, but the ratios you're saying the ratios are the well, same. Well, the ra- yeah, the ratio is is, is correct. Even, okay. even like you know the 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 the, the bottom the uh, you know length and width is is actually a ratio of the diameter of the Earth. It's all based upon. You know, he figured it all out. Okay, Kevin, I have to jump in here. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit about this. We'll hear uh, the. Uh, pyramidian sound healing some of these tones uh, that you've created and uh, you can explain how this all works kevin estrella musician from pyramid pyramids on mars back with more in a moment on the conspiracy show keeping an eye on the new world order this is the conspiracy show with richard sarrett from zoomer radio You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Just a reminder, coming up in the second hour of this transmission, we'll go live to a reportedly a very haunted location where a a professional medium psychic medical intuitive Carolyn Clapper is standing by. Will we see something uh, captured on the uh, the live webcam at this? uh, It's called the Christmas House in Racine, Wisconsin. I don't know, but you'll have to tune in and find out. Uh, Right now, we are talking with a, uh, a musician, guitarist with... Pyramids on Mars, and uh, Kevin Estrella is here telling us about Pyramidian sound healing, and this these sounds are generated by this Pyramidian, um, well, it's a pyramid that's been created by, is it, what was this gentleman's name again, Kevin? Campbell Foster. Campbell Foster. Okay, so it's made out of copper, um, and it's it's creating this tone at 432 hertz, 
Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we 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 uh, we made sure that it was like uh, that the tuning was to 432 hertz, but we're able to actually change that. That we're actually able to play it as an instrument because he's able to generate a tone through it, so it'll be a drone tone that will resonate at a at a that say a frequency of you know a, but and but the sound that that is based off it is not stagnant. It's not the same. Okay. It changes. All right. It so change. So what do you now? You then you replicate the, the this sound with your guitar. Is that how it works? No, I was just uh, playing my guitar along to the pyramidian because ah, okay. the pyramidian it sounds like um, like a like an analog synthesizer. So does that become has, almost like a carrier wave then? Yeah, it's like a carrier wave. Yeah, and 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 Campbell was able to control the note because he would play put you know bring in a note through the, the his uh, his his um his board there you know swinging a note so he can change the note from from F to G to A and I'd be able to play along with it. But the sound of the, that's coming from the pyramid, pyramidian, it's not. It's like there's more over harmonic overtones that that are are taking place and and other um, frequencies like like fifths and thirds and ninths will come in there. Like and it build up, it builds up like a chord. Is this what we, it, it, what we refer to sometimes as the music of the spheres? This would be the music of the spheres. This, this would be the music of the pyramid. Okay. This is this this is the, what's happening. Is that it's it's amplifying the sound of the pyramid. It's, it's self-generating. And what That's are the, the sound sa- that you hear it's coming from the pyramid? What are the healing qualities of the of this sound? Do we know? Well, he we it's when you when you hear it, it it it's like a drone, and it's like a med, it's like meditation. It's almost like like a, like a like a Tibetan chant when you hear it. It's, it has the same effect as like a Tibetan chant. Okay, let's hear a little bit of it. Uh, Ian, can you uh, play some of that for us? Let's, this is Kevin Estrella and uh, playing around with the sound of the pyramid. a little bit there if you could, Ian. You could just keep it sort of in the background a little bit. Yeah, that is very meditative, strangely meditative. Uh, yeah, actually, I just before the show, I emailed you a link to uh, a remixed, a remastered of the Pyramidian of itself. You should really play that. You'll really get a real intense sound of what it actually is, what, it's, what it okay. really sounds like. Okay, I see that email. Yeah, let me just forward that over to Ian and maybe at some point before the uh, the hour. Uh, we can we can get to that as well. I don't know. If yeah, because that time. that is mind blowing. When you hear that, then you really have the experience of what the pyramiding is about. 
All right, so I've just sent that over to you, uh, Ian, if you can check that out. If we have time to get to it, that'd be great. All right, so uh, when we, we call these sort of healing um, healing tones or so forth, I mean, what, what, what are people reporting um, that these, these tones can do for them? I mean, it's obviously it's, it has kind of a meditative and calming effect. Uh, does it lower, I mean, is there a marked decrease in blood pressure or heart rate or anything like that? Well, when when you when you actually when you when you're when you're in the room with the pyramid and, and you and you hear it, 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 it just it's uh, sound healing is it's just it it does it does it does calm you. It goes right through you, not your body, but it goes through your whole consciousness when and it changes your consciousness. Like you're when you understand when you understand telepathy, telepathy carries best when you're in an alpha state. So it's when you're in um. Um, when your mind is in an alpha, creating, creating alpha waves, which is kind of the same period of like you know if you're when, you, when you're creative, when you're like when you're drawing something or you're you're playing an instrument, or if you're having a shower or you're driving your car, you get into, when your when your brain waves slow down just a bit, that is the the highest telepathic state when you are connected to the collective consciousness. Now, and when you understand that that star nations are all telepathic. You're actually you're actually tuning in into the collective consciousness, so that's that's why people meditate. That's that's why you know why Tibetans meditate and they'll 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 hum and drone at at four thirty two is because they're getting themselves into a higher a higher state of consciousness, which is connecting to the collective consciousness. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize. I, and I've, I'm a kind of a I wouldn't say a huge fan. I mean, I haven't I've been exposed to a lot of it, but that Tibetan throat singing. Uh, and people, when you, uh, if you've seen the movie, I think it was Seven Years in Tibet and so forth, you, there's uh, there's some of that, and you can see it all over YouTube, Tibetan throat singing, I think it's called. Uh, so that is at 432 hertz as well. That's fascinating. And when you're sitting inside the pyramid, uh, and this this tone, these freak, this frequency is altering your, your brain waves and so forth, uh, does that allow you, because you are an experiencer, yes, um, are you at that point in telepathic communication with with uh, ET? Yes, I am very much. Uh, this is something that I've that I've learned, and, and through my own music, I started to realize more because I, I, when I play, I put my I'm in a much higher state, um, in a telepathic state, and I'm a little bit more keen uh, tuned to it, and I'm learning more about my abilities and my telep- telepathic abilities. Um, and I'm also in contact with certain star nations, and they have been teaching me and verifying that yes, you can actually you can actually communicate telepathically uh, instruments because it's all about intent. So if you if you're putting it, you know, when you're putting your intent in behind it, um, that that it carries on an emotional wavelength, and that's why certain musicians when they play, there's so much more um, emotion behind their playing. Um, because of their connection, you know, like Jimi Hendrix is like that. His playing was just beyond was beyond the, the all time, uh, and his connection. David Gilmour, for me, is a guitar player. The guitar player Pink Floyd, he can play one note that is more penetrating and emotional than most guitar players will play in their entire life. You know, well, so it's many all about intent. Many musicians have talked about how you know the song comes you know to them from nowhere, uh, and they don't even they feel kind of 
sheepish about even taking credit for it. They describe themselves as being merely an antenna. Is that how it works for you with your band, Pyramids on Mars? Do you feel that you are just the conduit and this this music that that you are ostensibly composing is actually coming from beyond the stars? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard for me to take credit for any of my music because um, I don't feel like I'm writing it. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like um, like almost like a color by numbers child book. You know, where it's like you know the, the frame is there, and it's like okay, obviously, you know, the, the guitar is going to play this, and the bass is going to play this, and the drums are going to play this, and before I knew it, the song is like done. It's written. You know, it's, it's done by itself, and I kind of feel like I was just um, a catalyst, and. Um, but it even goes further for me because I've actually gotten song, literal song downloads in dreams where I didn't, you know, my first song on my, on my first, on second CD called Dream Division, I didn't write that song. It was actually given to me in a dream download. And, um, I, and it, my, my, my experiences are actually uh, written about in, in Grant Cameron's new book that's coming out on musical downloads and inspiration. Um, several of my stories and my own personal accounts are in this book. So how does so this download a, happen? You're in a you're in a dream state, and you yeah. have is it is it similar to? Um, I'm trying to remember the individual at uh, Rendlesham Forest who who uh, actually touched the craft and received a download of binary uh, a binary code. Um, was it Jim Penniston? Um, and uh, is, I mean, is, is that how it happens for you? How does this telepathic download happen to you, for you? It's funny. It was just like watching a movie. <laughs> Let's say, for instance, the song "Dream Division." I had this dream where I'm watching TV of uh, of uh, some MTV guy interviewing Joe Satriani, and he's sitting at a console in a studio. And, uh, and Joe Satriani is this, you know he's this instrumental guitar player who sure. I, you know, you've, I, been compa- you've been to. and you've been compared to him. Yeah, I couldn't compare it to him. So he's sitting here, you know, talking about his new album coming out, and the guy's asking, "Well, do you have any new tracks that you can play for us?" And the new stuff is, "Yeah, actually, I got we got some some uh, some track, you know, some bass tracks that we, we we laid down here. We'll play it for you." And he and he, and he you know pulls up some consoles and he starts playing this song, and I'm listening to it, going, "Wow, that sounds really cool. I like how this introduction's coming in." Hmm. And I, I like this is lucid dreaming, by the way. But at this point now, I realize I'm conscious of the fact that I'm dreaming, because I realize, wait a second, Joe never wrote this song. This song doesn't exist. I wake myself up out of the dream, I go down to the studio, and I start tracking out the song that I heard in my dream. I didn't write it. I literally, it's, it was, it's like if you went into your car, turn on the stereo, turn on the radio, and you're hearing a song, and somebody turns to you and says, that song doesn't exist. Here, it's yours. Right, right. Yeah, I, I have, I've heard artists describe that uh, time and time again. This is almost like an updated version of the Crossroads story, except uh, you know it wasn't old Scratch that tra- taught you to play. It was uh, it was ET. Yeah. Uh, when did this all start for you? Um, your you tell, take us back to your first experience um there was what you described as an interdimensional craft you were what about 100 was it 100 feet or 400 feet away from this thing it was about it was about uh, about 100 yards 100 yards away when tell us give us the the, sort of the the chronology when and when and and give us the who why what and where and when yeah sure yeah so it was august 21st 2014 um 10 30 at night Uh, i remember exactly when and where it was 
So I step out onto my deck, and I live in Hamilton, Ontario. You know, it's a you know city of five hundred thousand. I live uh, in a in a very um, urban area of, of a subdivision, right off of Upper James. So like I'm really literally dab smack right in the middle of the city. Right. And so um, my neighbor has this tree. Uh, my my neighbor on my right has this you know trees that stands about a hundred you know maybe a hundred feet tall. Um, and so then this object starts coming out from like within seven seconds of me stepping on my deck. It was like it was almost like it was waiting for me. This object starts coming out from behind my neighbor's tree, and it was only a hundred yards away. And and at first I thought it was a meteor because it was orangish red, kind of glowing like coals, and but it had this kind of smoke that was kind of streaming off the top of it and along the bottom of it and kind of street, you know puffing out the back of it. But it wasn't smoke; it was something else. I couldn't figure it out. Um, it would be almost six months later that I would finally. Realized that what it, actually that was what I was looking at was it was covered in plasma. This hmm. was giving it this strange look. This, this thing was the object was in plasma. So by the time it comes out in full view from behind the tree, it was a disc. It was a perfectly nice, smooth disc. You know, kind of went curved along the top, curved exactly along the bottom, perfectly symmetrical, and it's moving across my backyard. And I'm going, what the heck is that? Because I didn't know what I was looking at. Because I've seen UFOs in movies, you know, and TV, UFOs, and or whatever, YouTube, but nothing could, was like what I saw. Because the biggest thing that it, that it was that, that caught my attention about this thing that would made it completely realizing that this has to be some kind of exotic technology that is not earthbound is because this object was two dimensional. And what I mean by that, it's like it looked like um, a solar eclipse. If you look at a solar eclipse, it looks like a hole in the sky. Right. You know, it's got height, it's got depth, or sorry, it's got height, width, but no depth. Right. It's like a hole. And that's what this thing looked like. It was, it was, it was like a hole in the sky. There was no depth to it. It's just like, it was orangish red, kind of tie-dye-ish, moving across the sky. It had plasma streaming along the top and bottom of it, went across a distance of only my backyard, and then it started making its way south towards Bimbrook. And then as it's simultaneously as it's moving away and it has more of its back towards me, the light from that was radiating off the thing, the plasma stream, was dissipating and dying until the point where this object had no light at all. It was okay. just like a dark Ke- object. All right, Kevin, let's pick this up on the other side. Kevin Estrella, musician, contactee. Pyramids on Mars is the band, and we'll come back and pick up on this conversation in mere moments right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at one 866 740 Four seven forty. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Kevin Estrella is with us. Pyramids on Mars is the band, and this music, your music is, there's no vocals, right? All of your music, this is an instrumental band, correct? Yes, yes, my, uh, my lead guitar becomes, becomes the vocals. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired mostly by uh, Baroque classical music like Bach and Vivaldi, and so I, 
my I take a lot of my inspiration from violin. Interesting. Music. Interesting. Now, pri- okay, so take us back again. We were talking about your your ex- first UFO experience in 2014. You're in Hamilton. You look you look out into the backyard and this fireball of a disc is moving out from beyond the trees and you said it's only two-dimensional it's surrounded by sort of plasma which you later learned was plasma uh how did you have a sense of it's 100 yards away but how big might it have been i'd say it was probably um, at least 40 feet in 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 length Mm -hmm. had to be at least 40 feet in length is it making any sound no it's completely silent and it was moving about the speed of a, of a helicopter. It was moving very slow. It was, it was just taking its time, just going across the sky really slow to make sure that I got a good look at it. And then as it's you know turning away, um, the light source from the plasma stream got less and less until it actually had no light at all. It was, it was just black object. There was like no light whatsoever. But simultaneously, while it was doing that, this white swirling vortex was forming in the front of it. It was strange. It, I think it could have been like a portal. I had no idea. It was just really weird. It was like really, it was getting like really big. And really at this big, point, this swirling vortex. Uh, prior to this sighting, you, were you would you class characterize yourself as a skeptic? No, I've always always hoped for UFO contact. I mean, I've spent um, huge portion of my life studying studying the phenomenon. I wasn't, you know, like I my whole reason to create pyramids on Mars, my band was to use it as a catalyst or, uh, you know, to help um, um, awaken people to the, you know, the ET reality and that they're, they're here and that they've been here for a long time and trying to teach people about it. So it was all connected. But all up connected. until four years ago, you had never seen one. No, that's actually not true. Ah, okay. Um, that wasn't my first UFO contact. Uh, my first UFO real contact was, was 1999. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think there was like a missing time that took place in that. It was a really strange event that took place. Ah, um, okay, missing time. Now we're getting to the uh, crux of the matter. Missing time often equals yeah. abduction. Yes. Yeah. It was. I'll, I'll tell you. Kind of tell you what happened with that incident. Yes, please. So it was. It was uh, 1999 up in uh, Huntsville. I'm sure you know. Oh yes. Huntsville's like cottage yeah, it's, country. Uh, it's cottage country. And so I'm with some of my band members. Um, my drummer, Matt, he's also an experiencer and, and a huge uh, ET believer. So he and I are in the water there. It was, it was that nighttime. Um, it was like, you know, there's no city for like hundreds of miles. So you took 10,000 stars in the sky. It's spectacular. Full moon. Yeah. Just beautiful. No, not a cloud in the sky. But all of a sudden, then we hear this this sound. It sounded like a, like fireworks, like a firecracker, I guess. It sounded like that. Mm-hmm. And then we look up at the sky, and there's this object, which is the same size as the moon, diameter, the circular object, is, is coming right towards us, like hurtling at us at a high speed. Um, but I could tell that its trajectory was that it was heading directly at us because the flames are shooting all around the, at the edge, like the perimeter of this thing, equally. So it wasn't like it came out of space and 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 um, was like a like a shooting shooting star, which you'd see that from far away. No, this thing was like it was like right on top of us, like it just came out of nowhere. Mm. And then we look up, and then it's coming right for us. And then it's maybe like maybe maybe a thousand feet above our heads, and all of a sudden there's a flash, and there was nothing there. I'm still looking up at the sky. It's quiet. It's silent. 
you know, and it's like, it's just, it wasn't there anymore. It's just like, like what happened? And your drummer like, saw this, UFO? your drummer saw this as well. He saw it too. Yeah. Okay. He was, he was a witness to this. And at what point did you realize there was some missing time? Um, 12, 13, 15 years later. <laughs> really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Why so long? Just, we just like, we, we cuffed it off. Like it was like, well, that was weird. Okay. Anyway, like, you know, it's like, wait a second. Well, how did you it put it together twelve years later that there was a, there was a time gap? Yeah, well, we just you know like we did we we thought it was a weird thing. We didn't understand what had happened, and we we couldn't piece we couldn't piece it together because like it 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 happened so quick and then it flashed and was gone. So we just didn't really know what to make of it. So we just kind of like thought, oh, that was just kind of weird. It was like, like it was like maybe like five years ago or maybe three years ago that I really started stopping and taking it seriously to replay back in my mind over and over, trying to understand what the heck just took place there. There's something that took place there, and it was finally when I was doing a radio interview and, and I forget the guy's names, but they said they were they were talking to somebody and they described what missing time was like, and they when they they said it's like a bad movie edit. And that's when the hairs on my arm just stood up and went, oh, my God, that's exactly what I experienced. Like a jump it cut. It was like a bad movie edit. Right. We used to call that a jump cut. A jump, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you, did, did either you or your drummer, did you consider um, regression, hip, hip, I did. hypnotic regression? Yeah, I did. Um, and, but there was nothing I could pull up after, you know, what happened afterwards. It's like whatever happened, the memories are not there. Hmm. All right. Very frustrating. This was a short segment, but uh, when we come back, we will play the uh, more of that pyramidal pyramidian. Pyramidian. Thank you. Pyramidian healing music, and uh, we'll also delve further into the life of contactee musician Kevin Estrella. Don't forget, coming up next hour, live on location to a haunted house in Racine, Wisconsin. Medium psychic Carolyn Clapper. That all awaits on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. From Zoomer Radio. Uh, Kevin Estrella stays with us. The uh, The band is Pyramids on Mars. Now, Ian, in the other room, can we can we hear some more of the uh, Pyramidian uh, healing tones? This is what you just sent me, Kevin. Sounds very orchestral.
uh, that's very powerful. Uh, I can see how that would uh, kick your brain waves into the alpha state. Yeah. So, w- when you're uh, it, when you're listening to this, or anyone is listening to this, someone you know driving around in their car, they're listening to this, or they're at home in their room alone in the dark listening to this. Uh, are they more likely then to have? Um, telepathic communication, even if they've never had such uh, with an ET? I think that it could, you know, with, with the, you know, with the, I mean, that, that the sample there, it's very, it's a very aggressive type of sound, but it definitely still changes your consciousness. Like when I play it through my monitors, it, 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 just, it just blows my mind. Um, but by having it, you know, resonate at lower at a lower frequency. It could probably help you get into an alpha alpha state, which then puts you into a higher telepathic state. Which then, yes, you can. And that's that's what we were demonstrating at the Sound Healing Show several weeks ago. Because um, when I was um, over at Campbell's place, when we were testing the Pyramidian, and I was playing along with it. I was so in in tune with the Pyramidian, and, and I was so attached, like I became part of it, that I decided to try and, and control it and change it telepathically, and I did. I changed the sound telepathically with the Pyramidian, hmm. and how I did that was it was it was resonating at one note, which was the F, and I wanted to focus on bringing in the fifth degree, which is the C, and I started playing the C in my mind of hearing the C and then the pyramidian started to change and that note came in. I couldn't believe it. And then Campbell's like, did you just do that? I said, yes. So you're interacting telepathically with the pyramid and you're yes. manipulating that carrier wave of 432 hertz. Uh, yes, is, I, so was, I th- was changing the sound. So do you think that's what the, the actual, you know, the great pyramids of Giza, the, is that what they were for? I honestly believe that they are they are much more than what people uh, think they are. They are not they are not what the what the Egyptian the Egyptian government says, where they are just they are nothing but the tombs. That's a cover story. Why do you think they took the Pyramidian caps off of the pyramids? There's a reason for that. <laughs> right. the Pyramidian. That's the Pyramidian. That's what that that the, is, is that's the capstone of the pyramid. So well, that's why we call this thing the Pyramidian is because it is a capstone. So. It's an energy generator, but the what we, when you actually listen to the pyramidian, it's capturing that sound sonically and acoustically. What you're hearing is completely it's generating itself. It doesn't. We're not. There's nothing else to it. It, it makes a sound on its own. We're just. We're just. You know, he just puts a microphone in a in a in a speaker to amplify its own sound of itself. Right, that's why. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. But the pyramids weren't made of copper, of course. So uh, why copper? Well, actually, copper, I wouldn't say it's copper. I mean, the, the, the frame itself is just like normal steel. But the, the, the disc on top, it's kind of like um, the material of, um, like, a, like a symbol. It's almost like a symbol. Right. material. Right. I guess it's copper, isn't it? I don't know. Well, some sort of an alloy. I'm not sure exactly yeah. what goes into making a symbol. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's go back to your um, your experiences and your contact. So this, back in 1999 up in Huntsville, you and your drummer, you see this, sounds almost if it, if it more interdimensional uh, because it was just suddenly there and then it was gone and... Years later, you you um, you believe that you recalled not recalled, but there was some missing time. Um, 
Now, have there subsequently been more contacts? Have oh God, you... yeah. Oh God, yeah. Um, I had. Well, I had. I've had two other UFO sighting contacts. Uh, just briefly to talk about that. Um, two years ago, I was doing a, a photo shoot out in Scarborough Bluffs, which is the east side of Toronto, mm-hmm. and I was photobombed by a UFO. <laughs> Crazy as it was. Yep, it just goes to show you that they're always with me. But uh, we did, we took 100 shots, and one of the shots, this strange cylinder, metallic-looking ball with this, with this weird teardrop energy formation, was definitely just over the horizon of where I was. Um, and it's captured, if you go to my... Twitter page or my Twitter, which is at pyramids on Mars underscore, that's the picture that I have up there. If you click on that and, and bring in the picture, you will see the UFO behind me. I don't, I I'm just going to ask Ryan. Then, do you have time to, to to look that up, Ryan, and um, and get that up on the uh, the yeah, YouTube? I'll, I'll try to get that on the live stream here if I can take a look. Excellent. You have the Twitter uh, feed. Where where is it again, uh, Kevin? Oh yeah, if you go to uh, go to Twitter and then it's at pyramids on mars underscore mm-hmm. and and on the page it's the main yeah, picture like, there on the twitter feed yeah and that's on, my, on my picture you'll see the, the picture of me uh, with my guitar and then just click on it and then um you know, you'll you can enhance the picture and you'll because i already i already enhanced the the ufo itself by 200 percent to make it bigger and then you can you can see it all right, he, he'll get to work on that, and we can yeah. get that up on the YouTube stream. Now, you are, uh, uh, Kevin, at what point did you become convinced, and, and how, how so, that, that um, you know, there are E.T. human hybrids among us now? Well, I mean, I've had more and more E.T. contact, um, the most recent one being uh, <laughs> two days ago. Uh-huh. I, I, was vis- I was visited two days ago. By who or what? Whom or what? The Zetas. The Zetas. <laughs> These are Zetas. Yeah. The Zetas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pontel, actually. They're from the planet Pontel. Um, to kind of make a long story short, um, yeah, they're, they're actually, the, there's a group of uh, Zetas who are using Twitter. If you go to at Sandia Wisdom, there's a group of Zetas who are actually using Twitter to communicate um, they don't do the actual tweets. That's doing. That's done through Sue Walker, who is a a well recognized telepath. Um, she does all the tweets for them. She communicates with them, and then she does all the tweeting. I'm very good friends with Sue. Um, I've been over to her place in Albuquerque, um, and I actually uh, saw one of them. Saw, saw I saw a radar on my peripheral vision, but I was told by Sue three weeks ago or four weeks ago that they have more trainees that were coming in, and they're going to be taking them to different houses. Um, you know, North American houses, and um, I, was, I was on the schedule. And so she said, you'll know that they showed up if something is, is out of place. And then um, yesterday, I have this little guitar, this little statue, it's a little guitar player on my shelf, and it was turned around backwards. And I'm the only person who has access to my apartment. So I knew that somebody had been here. So when I tweeted to them and I asked them about it, Drudy, um, she confirmed, she asked the trainees, and I guess they were very quiet about it because they thought they were going to get in trouble. I guess one of them had taken it off a shelf because it looked curiously uh, strange, and he put it around backwards. And, and he felt really bad. He felt bad about it, but it's confirmed that, yeah, they, they were at my place two days ago. And, and are these hybrids or are these uh, solely extraterrestrials? 
Oh, they're they're, they're solely extraterrestrial. They're 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 um, they're you know they're they're Pontel from the planet Pontel Ponty. Do we know um, what star system that is? Do we know what constellation? Uh, what star system? Yeah, Zeta Reticuli Two. Mm-hmm. It's the fifth planet uh, orbiting Zeta Reticuli Two. And so the regular, you know, the regular Zetas that people see, you know, with the you know large gray heads and black eyes. These are the grays. That's, um, These are the, the grays. grays. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you, you you've given them names. So there are a number of individuals that you're in contact yeah, there, with. There's there's four main ones. Who the, the four original are Tilcom. He's their commander. There's Rudy. She's a girl, and she's uh, communications. Teeny, she's there to teach telepathy, and then their their pilot uh, radar. And he's a he's a good buddy of mine. Um, the reason I know that they're real is because um, Radar teased me in live time on Twitter, and he actually put out on Twitter what I was thinking. And I, I realized then, oh my God, that it's real because he just tweeted what I was thinking. And um, and he's using funny. he again he's using um, this woman in Albuquerque as the conduit to That's her right, Twitter yeah. feed. Okay. And what what were you thinking, and what was tweeted? He was teasing me because um, I had these. I have uh, T-shirts for sale on my website, which were these extraterrestrial T-shirts. I called them E-T-shirts, but the drawings on them were done by um, Rob Fullington, who's an experiencer who I had on my show. But his pictures, I guess, are a little bit more um, serious and kind of scary looking. And so Radar tweets to me, says, "You know, Kevin, we really got to get you better models for your T-shirts because the ones in your T-shirts are really kind of scary looking." And so I was like, I tweeted back, "Say, oh yeah." Well, I know four new 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 um, uh, models for my T-shirts because Sue has actually drawn portraits of them, and it's on their website, so right. you can see what they I look like. I have seen those, yes. And you've seen all four of these individual ETs in your apartment? No, um, I no, not not them. No, um, I saw radar in my peripheral vision when I went to visit Sue. But the thing is that they still have to remain hidden, so I actually haven't seen them in full. What I did see was though I saw shadow movement out of the corner of my eye and I, I realized that it was it was him because at the same time that i was looking over my shoulder sue was looking at the reflection um in her in her uh, at the window in the same direction i was so simultaneously we're both looking in the corner because we both see something moving right but and when i looked over my regular view i couldn't see him so but i knew that he was there and other members of your band the drummer again is is he um in communication uh, with 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 these grays as well Oh uh, no, because uh, that that was a that was a band from 15 years ago. Ah. He's kind of moved on. So All right, another band. We still solo, but um, I've been told that I'm going to have a lot more visitations by the uh, the Ponte the Ponte, um, particularly because they want to they're they're taking um, notes on different music, and so they they already said let's let us know ahead of time when you're going to be practicing or playing your guitar, and we're going to come and check you out. Ah, so all right. Well, when they do, you uh, you let us know, and uh, I will likely run into you at the Alien Cosmic Expo. Apparently, I'm going to be uh, moderating a panel, so I'm sure we'll cross awesome. paths, Kevin. Great having you on the program. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Kevin Estrella, Pyramids on Mars. When we come back, we go live to a uh, reportedly a very active haunted location in Racine, Wisconsin. It's called the Christmas House. Media, medical, intuitive, psychic Carolyn Clapper will join us. And I saw the comments on the YouTube live stream chat. People asking, are we actually going to see the house? Well, the interior anyway, yes. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Well, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A big how-do to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, right here in Toronto, Canada, AM 740, 96.7 FM. All of you down the line catching us on one of our affiliate stations, including our brand new one, KDET-AM in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, those of you who take the show on the road with the uh, with the Conspiracy Show app and the Zoomer radio app, both free downloads. And, of course, the live YouTube stream. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, however and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, again, don't forget my two new podcasts, Conspiracy Unlimited and the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. The former, Conspiracy Unlimited, uh, drops three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Subscribe at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. The latter is brand new. We just launched last Wednesday the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, and that's part of the uh, Westwood One uh, Podcast Network and the Jericho Network with uh, Chris Jericho of WWE fame, and also his uh, he's got a new rock band called Fozzy. Well, it's not that new. It's been around for quite a while, but doing very, very well. I've got to get him on the show. All right, uh, this is exciting. We are going to uh, Racine, Wisconsin, where my next guest is situated in an old Victorian house known as the Christmas House. And uh, it looks, uh, or it is, rather, reportedly a very active house. By that I mean haunted. Who knows? If you're watching the, uh, this radio program on the live YouTube stream, you might, you just might, witness something on the webcam. Maybe, maybe not. No guarantee. Uh, Carolyn Clapper is an evidential medium, psychic, medical intuit, or intuitive. Uh, She developed these abilities after a near-death experience at an early age. Uh, Prior to that, she described herself as a skeptic. She's also worked on missing persons and missing animal cases, unsolved homicides. Carolyn Clapper, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Excellent. <laughs> and got situated into this nice old home that you were talking about. We should point out, this is not your home. You're staying with friends. <laughs> no. no, it's not my home. Actually, I'll tell you, I was more nervous about coming to this home for this interview than the actual interview itself. <laughs> is that right? And why is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> I would have to take you back, but this, this house is you know, a very popular house in the Racine area. Um, But one of my friends now owns it, and she began, you know, I I, I got to know her as a client first. I was actually called uh, by another friend, by a mutual friend of ours, to come down to Racine and read this house when she purchased it because they had so much activity going on. And I thought, well, you know, what am I really getting myself into? It can't be that bad. So I agreed to it, and I came down, and when I walked through the door, I felt like I was basically walking at a 45-degree angle. It was just the second I came in here, 
it just this huge energy tilted me, I guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, so that that would be a negative energy, I'm guessing. Well, it's just powerful energy. I don't know if it's like negative or positive. It okay. was just intense. So basically, I took it as negative, which I've come to learn that it's it's just intense. Like it's both positive and negative. Right. Um, when I came in here, I was getting a lot of resistance from the house. Um, it had sat for a long time, just vacant, and it hadn't been loved in years. And my friend Pamela decided to take it on as her project. And so she had, you know, come in here. You can see the home behind me. It's just beautiful. And they've done so much work on it. But prior to this, it was just, you know, it was falling apart. And the home was sad. And I know that sounds strange <laughs> that a house can have feelings. But when a home sits, you know, it, it's inviting, you know, people, souls that are lost to come in. Oh, is that how, um, is that how it happens? So a vacant house is kind of a magnet for spirits. It really is. It can be. It's not always, but this one is particularly like a magnet. It's like, it's so old and has so much history that when it sat vacant, you know, other, you know, souls came in and it also was occupied by the souls that were left behind. Hmm. Um, that has once lived here. Carolyn Clapper is with us, and she's in the, uh, the, it's called the Christmas House. Why is it called the Christmas House? Um, I'm not sure. It's all decorated like Christmas. <laughs> You'd have to ask Pamela that. Okay. It's called the Christmas House, I believe, because it's been used um, and decorated for Christmas for many years. All right. Now so, you had I mean, warned... it's just heavily decorated for that season, and people come by, and they're like, oh, the Christmas House, so adopted that name but I could be wrong about that now you had you would you warned me uh, that because you're you know you've got the webcam on there in the house that there might be mm-hmm. some interruption and I'm I have my little uh, my iPhone here to monitor the YouTube channel let me just ask Ryan are we up on the YouTube are, are we streaming we're, we're up and it just kind of uh, the feed is kind of coming in and out a little bit Okay, so I'll pre-warn you. Okay, so what I was trying to get to, sorry, I was a little bit choppy to begin with because I'm sitting here, like, kind of combating energy here. So it takes me a minute to kind of settle in uh, when I get into this space. Yeah, so but the audio is fine. More fluid now. The audio is fine. The audio is fine. Well, I'm just not seeing any video. Well, Are we getting any, Ryan? Well, well, and sometimes the the audio is echoing a, a tiny little bit. Uh, ah. Carolyn, could if you have a computer there, could you just make mm-hmm. sure that's the, that microphone for the computer is on on mute. That should help. We are getting a little yeah. bit of interference, though. And nope, some, the microphone like, is on mute on the computer. All right, well, all right. well I'll, I'll keep monitoring uh, what's going on here. But what about the <laughs> okay, video? So the, well, the video comes and goes. Come okay. all right. Let me take you through this a little bit. So when I came in here uh, for the first time, I sat with Pamela. The house, I felt, was rejecting me. Okay, it didn't want me. Here's how I felt. So I made sure to do a mantra when I came in through my mind and just kind of put it out there like I'm a medium. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to harm anyone. Um, I'm not here to push anyone out. Anyone who has dwelled here for years, I'm not pushing you out. I just want to talk with you right. and negotiate terms and, you know, just have communication between you and the new resident. Okay. So when I started saying that out loud and saying that in my heart, Uh, things started to calm down for me a little bit. 
I sat down with Pamela and, you know, right away I started getting things for her psychically. So I started seeing her past, um, what she's been through. You know, her parents came through. Some other people came through to her and were, you know, just telling me how they passed, talking with her. Um, that's mostly what I do is, you know, communicate with those who have crossed over for people who are here now. Um, and they come through with evidence and, you know, they tell me how they pass. They tell me what's going on right now, currently in people's lives. Um, I guess, you know, they just try and comfort the ones that they've left behind and let them know that they're, that they're okay. Right. That okay. is a beautiful fireplace. I, I see the fireplace now. I can see everything. Yeah. It's a beautiful... Okay, you can see some stuff now. Yes. So we put this, we set this up here because we're hoping that, you know, mirrors sometimes are easier for people to, well, for spirit to come through. Right. Um, so I have a mirror behind me, as you can see. Yes, yes. I also have some candles. I'm hoping that we get some imagery, like some faces or something. And what have you <laughs> seen? Since I've kind of talked to people here when I came into the house. So hopefully we'll get some, you know, hopefully people will come through right. while I'm online with you. Um, but there's no guarantee. No, 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 of course not. Now, you have, a, you, have <laughs> a, you have some pets with you. Is one of those pets a dog? Yes. Has the dog been um, frightened or has the dog been, has it sensed something, seen something? Okay, so at this house, um, I know that her dogs do sense things. Like, they definitely start barking when there's something negative. Mm. I think that we all have good intuition. Um, when your stomach starts to feel funny or when you feel like, you know, goosebumps in the back of your neck or, you know, you start feeling like somebody's watching you. So anytime you have that feeling here, the dogs feel it as well. Right. So they'll go to the area of which spirit is at because they see them as well. And they'll start barking. They'll start barking at corners. They'll start barking at walls. You know, so Pamela always feels protected with her dogs here because, you know, anytime that she feels a little bit watched or a little bit off, the dogs will always come to her aid. Okay. So, you know, they feel it too, which is also, you know, it's confirmation. Sure. We're all keeping our eyes peeled on that mirror now, of <laughs> yeah. course. So what was cool is that when I sat down with her, you know, after reading for her, which I don't want to share with everyone because no, it's no. real personal, but people in this home started coming through to me. And one of the people who came through was an old mayor. Well, he was actually, he died pretty young, but he was a mayor who lived here a long time ago. And he still dwells here. Um, he told me that his body was prepared in the basement and that he, there was a viewing of his funeral uh, within his casket and stuff in one of the front rooms, which I would be happy to carry this camera around for you, but it would probably be a little awkward. Right, I right. won't do that. Okay, so this um, was a, this house was a was the funeral home at one point. No, no, but they did prepare some bodies. Oh, okay. So this house has been a lot around since the eighteen hundreds. So, okay. you know, there was you know preparation of people who lived here and who passed here. So, I mean, it's just because of the, the day and time, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. And do you get full-on apparitions? How do you see them? How do you communicate with them? So, I don't see them with my eyes like I see you. I see them behind my eyes. And what I mean by that is that it's kind of like um, when you close your eyes, okay, and you imagine something, all right? Like, if you closed your eyes right now, and I said here, imagine your mother in a polka dot dress, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Imagine her holding 
an apple pie in her hand okay. and handing it to you. Yes. If you have a creative mind and you're able to do that, it's kind of like they put thoughts into my head and they manifest as images. So it's kind of like, sometimes it's like that. Like they'll tell me what to see and I'll see it. Right. Um, other times, like when I'm working on investigations or homicide or, you know, I'm asking how somebody passed, sometimes they will actually like, it's almost like a movie screen is projecting from the back of my head forward to the back of my eyes. And so I kind of see a movie play out. It may have like empty spaces in it. Um, you know, it's like broken. It's like a broken movie and I have to fill in the spaces. Right. Okay. Right. So then I have to ask them questions. I ask them questions through my mind. It's like telepathy. So it's, it's strange to people, but not really. Not if you think about it in the context of like prayer. A lot of people pray. Um, a lot of people pray to God or, you know. Sure. Talk to people who have crossed over and sometimes they do it through their heart and their mind. Carolyn, I got to jump in here. Excuse me. I mean. We're going to take a, a, t- a time out. We'll come back and then we'll come back to the uh, the Christmas house in Racine, Wisconsin. Carolyn Clapper is with us. Evidential medium. We'll find out what that means as well. Psychic medical intuit. Back with more of the conspiracy show. Keep your eyes peeled on that mirror if you're watching the YouTube stream. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's the conspiracy show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Loose lips sink ships. And sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. All right. Carolyn Clapper is an evidential medium. We'll find out what that means in a moment. And right now she's sitting in front of a glorious fireplace with a mirror. Uh, And this is in a very famous house in Racine, Wisconsin. It's called the Christmas House. It dates back to the 1800s. And it is very active. Uh, And if you're watching the YouTube stream, you may just catch something in that mirror. No guarantee, but just keep your eyes peeled on that mirror. How many, how many, uh, do they have any poltergeist activity in this house? Oh man, don't get me started. <laughs> get started. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Yes. Okay. So basically, oh, how do I put this? I'm sitting here now, so I'm just going to let you know that when I start talking about anything negative, I get a little bit nervous because I'm so sensitive. Okay. But we'll go there. It's fine. Okay. So when I was first sitting here with Pamela, I started pulling in some of the people that lived here. Um, some of them, there's three nurses that live here on the third story. So this is a huge house. Like each story has, I think, 3,000 square feet per story. Oh, my. So it's, it's a 10,000 square foot house. So we're sitting here, right? And I'm meeting people uh, in spirit. Okay, so I, I better say that. So I'm meeting people in spirit, and they're telling me they're identifying themselves. Um the first person who came through was this mayor that I was telling you about. And he was kind of negative, but he wasn't, he was, he was still human. You know what I'm saying? So right. he was, he was negative. He was angry that somebody was kind of coming into his space. Uh, but the more that I spoke to him about it, you know, he kind of just said, well, 
I am upset that she's in my office, that she's using my office space because that's my space, you know, (laughs) which we can understand. I mean, that was his office space. He spent a lot of time there. He's still here. People may have an issue with that, but it is what it is. I don't know why he stayed, uh, but he did. And it's a beautiful home. Maybe that's why. And he didn't like anyone coming into his space. Well, she was coming into his space. She had put a couple of vases in there. And she was kind of putting a female touch to it, and he didn't really like it. So one day, he had thrown, he had picked up a vase of hers that was blue and white, and he threw it across the room, and it shattered, right? And he's, I'm, I'm seeing this because her mother is talking to me, and she comes through, and she says, he threw my vase across the room. Pamela's late mother. Pamela's late mother came Pamela's through. Pamela's late mother came through. So we were talking, and she says that somebody threw her vase across the room and broke it. And she tells me which room. Mind you, I have not been anywhere in this house yet except for the room I'm sitting in now. Right. Okay? So I come directly into this room, sat at the same table, and I was seeing the entire house through my mind. Okay? They show me I can travel here. Okay? I can travel through my mind uh, to other places, and I can envision them as wherever they want to take me. Okay. So we'll get into that in a second if you want to hear more about that. But she's telling me about this room. She's telling me where it's located in the house. She shows me the vase shattering. I ask Pamela, is this true? Pamela agrees. She says, yes. Oh my God, that thing levitation threw across the room. I mean, she saw it happen. Okay. And that's why she had contacted me because there was some crazy stuff going on here like that. Okay. So, Later on, she takes me in there and she shows me the fragment of that uh, vase on the floor. And, of course, I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm super nervous because the energy is still not subdued. It's very, it was intense at that time, okay? Um, That was one negative thing. So I had to sit and talk with her and talk with him and kind of negotiate uh, boundaries between the two of them. She's an intense person. She's very charismatic and really outgoing and, you know, just this wonderful, beautiful person. But, you know, she has high energy. Well, he has high energy, too, but they're very different people. They would have been very different if he was alive, okay? And we needed to establish a boundary. So he says, okay, look, from this time to this time, I don't want you in that room. Okay. This is my time in there. And she complied. He says, can you please keep that door shut? She says, okay, fine. I'll do that for you. Okay. And so they established a boundary and I said, okay, well, since she's doing that for you, can you help to protect the home from unwanted, you know, behaviors and anything bad? Right. And he, he agrees. Okay, so that was one established boundary, and also I'm I'm staging the house so that we have protection within the house, positive protection. How house. do you do that? How do you stage a house for positive okay, well, protection? Well, so this was my first experience with staging a house for protection. So I was kind of feeling my way through the dark, literally. Okay, but I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. So I asked him to protect the downstairs. That would be the first floor that I'm on now. Okay, mm-hmm. now. As I moved through the people that were coming through, there was three nurses that lived here, and I didn't understand why there was three nurses. There was a head nurse and two nurses below her. And they they take me, in my mind's eye, up two levels, uh, you know, in the house, so to the top floor, and they show me a big, big room that has a fireplace, and, you know, they're telling me the wallpaper, they're telling me about the bathroom. Pamela's confirming everything, the furniture, everything verbatim. I've never stepped foot in this room. And 
they show me that uh, Pamela was, was wanting to change the bathroom attire and to kind of flip some things and change things around. Right. And they really were not liking the fact, again, that she was changing their space. And so at one point she had gone into the bathroom and the head nurse grabbed her hair and pulled her back. Oh, dear. Okay. So you asked me about poltergeist stuff. Now, some people who can't see like I see may see it that way. Like, oh, my gosh, there's this horrible thing going on. And, you know, my hair lifted out of nowhere and we couldn't see anything. And I was yanked. And, yeah, that's terrifying. Okay. So that's what Pamela was experiencing. She's like, this is terrifying. Right. But once I step in here and she's not telling me what's happening to her, but the spirits here are, and she's confirming, then she has a face and a person that belongs to the hand that pulled the hair. You right. understand? Right. It becomes so a little less of, It makes it freaky. a little less scary. Like sure. That? Yeah, a little less freaky, for sure. Now, these for are sure. these are earth, these are not, this is not a residual sort of an, an echo. Uh, these are these are spirits with consciousness. Uh, absolutely. So they are earthbound. No, absolutely. So... Um, can you not show them, you know, t- tell them that they're dead and to walk towards the light? Can you not, can you not <laughs> cleanse the house or well, is that not what you do? Okay. So when I came here, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Okay. And I'm not a priest. Uh, I don't know how to exercise a face necessarily. Okay. I, you know, like I fell into this. I, um, I had meningitis in 2011 when I came out of it. I, could see everything and feel things, okay? That's when it all started, um, 2011. Go ahead. That's when yeah. it all started in 2011. It did. I saw stuff as a child, but it kind of, it was all, uh, it was all centered in the house that I was born in. So it just really, it was just the spirits within the home that I was born in. And as I got older, it became quiet. And I saw nothing for years until I came down with the meningitis. And then it was like my mind blew open, basically. Interesting. Um, so when I was in here, you know, and I was seeing people, I, I didn't come in here with the intention of kicking anybody out because I was nervous and I I didn't want them to, to lash out at me. I'm going to be very honest Sure, no, you. that is very honest. I appreciate right. that. Right. I didn't want to come in here and be like, oh, I have all of this power and I'm going to kick you out of here and this is your home, but I'm going to kick you out. Well, I didn't feel like I possessed you know, the power to do that. So I came in truly to communicate and to let her know what was going on and to try and form some kind of, like I said, boundaries, uh, respect, okay. you know, peace yeah. among them so that they could live cohesively together. And, you and know? did the, the nurses mm-hmm. on the third floor, did you work out some, uh, some sort of a bargain with them? They were a little more difficult. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, they still like their space. Um, they were a little harder to warm up to, you know, especially the head nurse. She's used to kind of telling other people how things are going to be. So, you know, they, they, um, they, they went through Pamela though. There was a couple times where we knew that they were actually turning like they started to like her, okay? Because she had some issues with her knees at one point, and they went through her and helped uh, to to fix her knees, actually. Oh, okay. So and the hair pulling has stopped. And experienced them as well. So the, ha- the hair pulling has stopped, anyway. What's that? The hair pulling has stopped. The hair pulling stopped. So I asked them to stop doing that 
the the point of the hair pulling was to let her know that they were there. But once we acknowledged the fact that they were there and we could have a conversation with them, there was no point in hair pulling anymore. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Once somebody is like actually being seen and communicated with, then there's no sense in doing anything so dramatic anymore. So that has stopped. But through this process, you know, there were so many people here. I couldn't even tell you. There was a woman who went by this room in a wheelchair. And I'm like, I'm watching her go by, right? And I'm like, where is, who is she? Where is she going? She didn't tell me who she was, but she wheels by. And she tells me that she's going to the elevator. And I'm like, I'm like, elevator? Well, I hadn't been through the house yet at this point. And she shows me, and again, in my mind's eye, that she's pulling up next to a bathroom and she opens a door and gets into a shaft and goes up the stairs. And I asked Pamela, is there an elevator in this house? And she confirms. She says there's an elevator behind a door in the hallway. It looks like a normal closet door. If you open it, there's an elevator shaft behind it. Hmm. And she says it doesn't function. It doesn't work anymore. There you well, go. it was working just fine because this woman was using it and I could see it happening. So even... Even things that function in a house that are physical are working where they are. Right, right. Um, um, I also, some of the scary stuff that you were asking about, when I was going through the house, they took me down to the basement. And when I got, this is through my mind, okay? I'm going down the basement stairs in my mind, and I get to the bottom of the basement stairs, and I see a hole in the wall. I'm thinking, okay, is this just, uh, suggestive is this real I'm looking at this hole and I approach it and through the hole I can see stairs and the stairs go down 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 until it's dark into a tunnel and I can't see what's, where the tunnel leads okay it's just blackness so I asked Pamela reluctantly I thought this is going to sound really crazy I said Pamela do you have at the bottom of your stairs in the basement do you have a hole in the wall that has stairs behind it that lead into a tunnel. And she confirmed. She uh, says, oh, my God, I have a hole in the wall at the bottom of the stairs of the basement. It's so freaky. There is stairs that lead down. We don't know where they lead. Oh, they haven't ventured into that tunnel yet. C- correct. Can't say that now, I blame them. Yeah, so I'm coming back up the stairs. In my mind's eye, I'm coming back up the stairs. I kind of got a very nervous feeling down there. And as I'm coming back up, I turn around and I look, and there's at least 30 to 40 people standing down there. These are spirits looking up at me. 30 to 40? Oh, 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 no. (laughs) What's that? 30 to 40, I say. Oh, my Lord. There was so many people down there. It was just a packed room of spirits. And they're all staring at me, and I thought, okay this can't be good. This is a portal or something like this. There's something wrong. We need to close this up. We need to, you know, sage, push things out, do a ritual. Um, so I'm talking to her about this. I physically could not go down there because I was too scared. Um, so Even now? I'm sorry? Even now? I still don't go down there. I know that it's a lot cleaner. Okay. Um, they've since sealed that off and they've done cleansing that I've kind of walked them through. But, you know, I don't really need to go into those spaces physically because I can go to them in my mind anyways. Sure. So it's not necessary unless I want to just scare myself, you know. And I'm sure they won't do anything to me. It's just really strong energy. So sometimes I get nervous when it when it's not positive. Right. Um, Could I ask yeah, a question? I don't know if this is <laughs> if this is um, fair of me to do or not, but. If I don't know, are you feeling a presence uh, in in the room you you are in now? 
Um, I feel presence everywhere in this house. Okay. So the second I come here, I feel people. So what I'm glad that I don't feel anymore is there was a dark energy here when I was first here. It was real dark. It was like faceless. And it would come up and down the stairs. And that was what was making me reluctant about connecting okay. in the beginning. And, you know, that has since dissipated because of all the work we've done, uh, all the work that she's done, all the work that her husband has done, bringing this house back to life. Right. Um, you know, and just working with sage and different things like that. We've, we've definitely cleansed the house a lot. So now it kind of feels more like a warm hug when you walk in. Okay. Uh, but there is still some, there's still a pull on like who's in charge a little bit sometimes okay. here, and I can feel that. All right, so here's what I was going to ask, and, and you tell mm -hmm. me if this is not the right thing to do, but um, would you be able to ask if there is a spirit in the room to maybe make itself known by, I don't know, blowing out a candle or something? Is that... <laughs> okay, well, so here's what's funny. The room that I'm sitting in, okay, can I play with this camera at all or no? Yes, yes. Or would it be really weird? No, no, go ahead, please. Okay, check it out. I'm going to pull this up. See this lantern above me right there? That chandelier. Oh, there's a bit of a delay, so I haven't seen it yet, but I will. Oh, uh, Ryan, in um, my live stream, stream producer, is giving you the thumbs up. Okay, so he sees the. Do you see the chandelier? Okay. Yes. You do. Okay, that particular chandelier does not have a turn off switch or a turn on switch. That chandelier is on all the time, whenever it wants to be, or it turns off when it wants to be turned off. So right now, it's glowing for us, which is really great. It has. Again, when I was reading the house in the beginning, we had some activity happening with that chandelier. Um, and Spirit here told me that they control that particular light, um, that it is actually the, the uh, wires, excuse me, the wires are cut. They're severed. So there's no turn-off light. There's no switch in here for that light. It has a mind of its own. So the house controls that particular it's light. interesting so it's you mentioned. now for us. It's interesting you mentioned that because before you showed me, before you tilted the camera up to show me the chandelier, I had noticed kind of a, a dimming and a, and did you notice that, Ryan? I, I noticed the picture got a little dim and then it got brighter and then it got dim intermittently. Okay. I don't know if that was, if the chandelier was dimming for you or whether I was seeing something else. I'm not sure. I'm just so used to it, I don't even think about it. So right. It could have been. So I mean, a chandelier that's lighting that room ha there has no wires connected to it. It just comes on and off at its Correct. own discretion or their yeah. own discretion. All right. Stay, right. Uh, stay with us, Carolyn. We'll come back. And uh, I want to find out what an evidential medium is exactly. And uh, we'll talk about, uh, well, we'll just kick it around here. And uh, who knows, maybe the, uh, the spirits in that room will cooperate and we'll, we'll get a sign. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening. And so are you. To The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Carolyn Clapper is uh, with us. Hi. Hi. Uh, so uh, what is an evidential medium? What does that mean? So an evidential medium is a medium who can bring through evidence. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, okay. 
basically, uh, the more evidence someone brings through, meaning a way of passing, um, just acknowledgments of, of items or, you know, spaces or, uh, you know, anything that belongs in what I call the, the meat world. I know people don't like to hear that. But this world is all, <laughs> the meat all world. And stuff, I love you know? that. So um, anything that belongs to this world, if they can bring it to your tangible things to you uh, as evidence, then that would be an evidential medium. So I was kind of named or, you know, I adopted that name from other people. I didn't, you know, I didn't look for this gift. Uh, it was given to me. So it's not something, you know, some of my terminology and verbiage might be different than what people are used to if they're into uh you know, the clairvoyant, uh, medium type right. paranormal world. Uh, it's just something that I kind of came into. And so I've kind of created my own words. They might even be the same as other people's. I don't even know. Now, your involvement in missing persons and unsolved homicides. Now, this is something that obviously police don't like to admit. Uh, they won't talk about it. They probably will deny it. Mm-hmm. Um that they are, you know, seeking, well, I hope they won't. <laughs> seeking the assistance of of psychics and so forth. But you have worked with police departments. Have they have they have they sought you, or did you just come to them and offered them help unsolicited? How does that work? Okay, so I I always tell people I'm not an ambulance chaser. Um, I do not seek out cases, um, nor do I seek out you know, people to read or anything like that. Everything that comes to me, everyone who comes to me, comes to me from word of mouth or some other odd way that they had found out about me. Maybe they ran into my website or so forth. Um, Therefore, I have never contacted the police but one time. I contacted them one time recently, actually, about a case that's ongoing right now, which I probably shouldn't get too into since it's ongoing right now. the reason I contacted them this this time is because one of my clients uh, that I was sitting with and reading for, at the very end of her reading, she had asked me if I was getting anything for a missing woman in the area that she lived in. And I just said, uh, don't tell me anything else. See, I go into readings cold or blind, meaning that I don't want to know anything about the person that I'm doing the reading for. Right. Okay, I don't want to know who they're missing, who they want to be in contact with. I don't want to know their illnesses or lack of or whatever. I don't want to know anything. I want everything to come through God and Spirit to them. It's much more authentic, and they get a lot more information that way in my eyes. Okay? So at the end, when she asked me that, all of a sudden, it's kind of like, you know, when she asked it, she attracted it. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, okay, shh. You know, and all of a sudden I get this lady and I start describing her uh, and I pull people in by the hair is what I tell people. I oftentimes get people like what their hair looks like and then I kind of pull them in closer Um, and I start explaining what this woman looks like to her. Uh, Then it goes on to what kind of dog she had, um, what kind of home she had, uh, her her belongings, uh, her lifestyle, um, her husband, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And I start getting all this information. Well, I'm starting to share it with my client, and I thought, okay, zip your lip, girl, because I get, okay, this the person I'm sitting with, she has a good heart. She wants to make sure that this, this woman's found, but she's not her family or her friend. 
Okay, so she doesn't have any direct link to her. She's just curious because it's probably been on the news or something, right? Right, right. So I stopped myself and I said, listen, I'm getting a lot about this person. If you feel comfortable, why don't you pass my information on to the police? Let them know that I'm getting stuff about her and they can contact me. So that's how I did it that time. Um, it's just pass my info to them. If they want to contact me, then they have my information. And did they? So then did they, they con- do. And they do. They do. They have. Right. I shouldn't say they do. They have. They have. All right. So they have a few times I've had detectives, and it's not the police department. It's specific detectives that are on cases, okay, where maybe they could get a little bit more information or guidance in the case. Um, oftentimes, though, I work with families. You know, a lot of times police departments, they're skeptical, and I completely understand why, because there's so much muddied water. There's so many people out there claiming that they can do things that they can't do. Maybe they're after money. Maybe they're just, I don't know, maybe they glamorize uh, this field because it's kind of unique or, I don't know, just interesting. Um, I don't really know what it is, but I'm sure that they get a lot of false phone calls. So I completely understand. I would be completely skeptical um, if if mediums were calling me and I was a cop. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, we have so. a, mu- a mutual friend um, mm-hmm. who was the, the, the used to be married to a very famous uh, Hollywood actor, uh, okay. David Carradine. And um, uh, uh, Marina has been a mm-hmm. guest on this show, and, um, and and she has given us permission to talk a little bit about this reading that you did for mm-hmm. Marina, uh, okay. where David Carradine came through. So are you going to chat a little bit about that when we come back? I'm happy to talk a little bit without exposing too much about his personal self, just because he's not here, you know, in person to... Exactly. To All right. Himself, kind of. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No. We'll um, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about David Carradine. Uh, Carolyn Clapper is with us, evidential medium, and uh, she is coming to us live from the Christmas House, a very haunted uh, home by all accounts in Racine, Wisconsin. Back with more of the Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Pin numbers, passcodes, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are. Here's two more numbers, 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Carolyn Clapper is uh, with us, evidential medium, psychic, has worked on missing person cases, unsolved homicides, and she is coming to us live from the Christmas House in Racine, Wisconsin, a uh, reportedly very active, haunted uh, location, and we're keeping our eyes on that mirror in behind her above the <laughs> fireplace. Um, I, I do want to talk about David Carradine here in a moment, but uh, I, 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 can I? Can you? Can you ask if there's a spirit there to make itself known, or, or is that verboten? I can. 
Um, I don't do it verbally. So the reason why I didn't want to do readings online today right. was because there's so much empty space when I start asking questions. You know, so unless you're tuned in and, and watching me online and you can see what I'm doing. Understood. Um, you know what I mean? Over the air will be so much blank space. Um, I have kind of put that out there when I came in. So okay. they know. I mean, they're all around us. I don't have to, you know. So if something happens, it'll happen. And so typically what, of, what, not that there is a typical scenario, but what might happen? Yeah. A candle would be snuffed out? The light would well, dim? Here, let me tell you, the last time, sometimes it's just for me because I'm so, maybe they don't have to be as dramatic with me. That's the problem. Like the last time that I was here before tonight, I came over uh, just to see my, my girlfriend, Pamela, now, who's now a friend, not just a client. Um, and I went to her restroom down here that's next to the elevator that I told you about. Yes. It's a little powder room. <laughs> And I was just washing my hands. And when I looked up, I saw a woman standing in the mirror. So it wasn't my reflection. It was another woman's reflection. Whoa. Yeah. And she was dressed in kind of like a flapper dress. She was so super cute. And she had this dark hair, and it was kind of like waved and pressed to her head. And she tells me that her name is Beatrice. Okay. And she says um, she's excited that... Pamela was going to be throwing this party. It was going to be like a murder mystery type party, but like set in that era. Okay. Yes. And she's like, we're super excited. This is the best party yet. <laughs> so she starts telling me how excited her and her friends are. Okay. She looks like she's maybe in her tw- like wait, late twenties, maybe early thirties. Right. She's so super cute. And so I came out of there and here, if you're online, then you can kind of see this. But the last time I was here, I drew this little thing and I wrote some little notes for her, right? So right. I came out of there and I drew little Beatrice. <laughs> and, you know, it's not that great of a picture, but I kind of describe what she was wearing. And she tells her uh, to not forget to make the moon shine. Okay. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what I have written on here. So when I was over, she's like, don't forget to make the moon shine. Okay. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And then, you know, Beatrice is telling me, she goes on to tell me that she's going to bring all of her boys with her, all of her gals, and they're just going to tear up their, she's going to raise the energy here. Okay. Like they're going to have a blast. Right. And I asked Pamela, what is she talking about? And Pamela just starts laughing. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm having this party. In two weeks, we're going to have this murder mystery party. And oh my gosh, I can't believe it's so wonderful. They're going to be here. So she's super stoked. So she keeps this piece of paper that I had written everything on, and she puts it upstairs, right, on the table. And every day following the party, every single day, the paper has been moved to the floor, in the middle of the floor every day since then. So she brought it down tonight. (laughs) She's like, here. Oh, she moved it from one floor to the next, not just on the floor from the table, but she moved Mm -hmm. it downstairs. Yeah. So, So it keeps being moved, okay? So it's just acknowledgement. Um, some things are subtle like that. Yeah, they had a lot of wild activity. I kind of asked them not to go too crazy with me here tonight because I don't need any, like, vases flying at my head. No, no, no. So. I would settle for a, a, a candle being blown out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all right, we'll, we'll keep watching out here. And, or maybe just everything. I've kind of said, okay, well, if you want to turn out all the lights in here, that would be really effective. But, of course, that would be kind of... Um, you know, on air, people would probably be like, well, somebody could switch off the light, right? So maybe it needs to be something that's a little more interesting, like somebody shows up in the mirror, which is why I was hoping for, like, the mirror phenomena. Right. Maybe you know? we'll see Beatrice the Flapper Girl. Now, was That's it- what I'm saying, right? I'm like, come on, girl. 
<laughs> now, when you went into the bathroom and you saw her, was that a mental image, or did you actually just look up and you saw an apparition? That time in the I saw her. Oh my that gosh! That time I saw her. Is that not startling so, beyond words for you, or are you used to that? Um, it took me back. It kind of, I guess, it kind of just it takes me back for a second. Um, but I know it's it's okay. I'm used to it. Right. Okay. A lot of people ask me questions, and I'm like, I know I sound bored with this topic. It's not that I'm bored. It's just that I live it every day. Sure, sure. I mean, and it's that, that's hard to articulate to people. When I sit with people and I see a dramatic death happen, um, if there's a homicide or a suicide or something, and it's, it's, it's heart-wrenching to see it. You know, it's heart-wrenching. Right. But sometimes it even comes through a little more dramatic to me um, so that I don't get it wrong. It's It's real dramatic, you know? Because then I've got to articulate that to somebody. And you always have to keep in mind um, people's feelings that are in front of you. Okay, I just want to jump in here. Excuse the interruption, Carolyn. But I, I, no, mentioned, er, I mentioned earlier that, um, and I don't know if anyone else is seeing this, but on my iPhone, which I'm mm-hmm. using as my monitor, uh, mm-hmm. I, I get like this shadow, a bar across the top every once in a while. And I just saw it a few seconds ago. I don't know if anyone Good. else is seeing that. Good. Well, hopefully when we look at it later, you know, we can find some... Some good stuff in there. Okay, uh, I want to. You know, the th- one more question, and then I want to get to David Carradine. But sure. Um, I mean, if I had your gift, mm-hmm. um, I would be. I th- I would always be asking when I when I when I would see a spirit, I would always asking them. You know, when did you die, and how did you die, that sort of thing. Do you do you right. do that? Yes. And always. Did you ask Beatrice? I didn't. That's oh. funny. I didn't because it wasn't necessary. What was the point? Because there is nobody here to confirm it. I only right. ask it when it's necessary. I don't ask unnecessary questions. How about the mayor? No. No? Okay. I didn't. Because here's the thing. Nobody was sitting in front of me that knew them in in their life. So there was no need to say, oh, can you confirm this for me? Okay, they died in 1946 or something, and this is what they died of, you know. I mean, can you confirm this? They'd say no. So I did write down a bunch of stuff when everybody came through initially. I don't even remember. Some... You know, there's a woman here who passed of uh, brain cancer, and uh, she's here, and she has come through several times. She was here tonight when I came in, Um, and it turned out, you know, Pamela was able to tell me, yes, she had brain cancer, and she lived here. And um, I told her, well, there's she has two children that are still alive, and she wants to get through to them somehow. So I don't know if that'll ever come to fruition or or what, but, you know, she comes through to me because she wants that information passed along to her kids. So that's important that I know how she passed and okay. I can identify her because she has living people here that sure. still want to hear from her. Sure. Uh, okay. Um, Marina Anderson, mm-hmm. um, who we both know, and yeah. uh, she was married to David Carradine, the actor. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching Kung Fu, like a lot of people. <laughs> uh, okay. And, of course, we're coming up in a few months on uh, on the anniversary of David Carradine's rather suspicious uh, death. He, of course, was found uh, dead in his um, hotel room in Bangkok. Uh, yeah. Was f- I think it was officially, was it ruled auto asphyxiation or something? Anyway, David, Car- and, and I should point out, Marina has given us permission to talk about this a little bit. Um, but what, what when David came through, what did he say? Anything about his death? David had a lot to say. So when he first came through, he came through to me as John. So I did not grow up with Kung Fu. Um, I, I'm not even familiar with it now. Um, that was before me. 
a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not familiar with the show. Um, I did I did recognize his face, but I couldn't place his face. So he sat with me on my bed. I did a phone reading with Marina. I didn't know that she was married to anyone famous. I didn't know anything about her. I went into her reading cold, as I do with everybody. And I just knew her first name. So I really didn't know anything about her. Um, he came through as uh, John and as her ex-husband. <laughs> okay. Um so I just treated it like I would a normal reading. Uh, when he first came in, he came in as a hanging. Okay. Uh, he had actually showed up in my last two readings prior to that. So I sat with a young woman the day before, and he showed up. Uh, sh- okay, let me pull this back a second. I sat with a young woman the day before. Two of her friends that came through were a brother and sister combo, and they had both taken their own lives. It's a tragic story, very, very sad, okay? I'm just heart-wrenching. And, you know, David or John, how I know him, he came through behind them, and I asked her about him. I said, I have another hanging victim, okay? And I described him, and he had a dog with him, okay? And she said, uh, no, this, she was just saying no, okay? And I said, okay, wait, I think this belongs to my reading for tomorrow. So I'm just going to push this away. I'm going to push him back. Um, Tomorrow came, and I spoke with a mutual friend of Marina's and mine, and I believe you know him too. His name's Bob. And he, when I was talking with him, uh, John or David came through again. And I said, okay, (laughs) this guy keeps coming through, and he came through as a a hanging again. And so I thought it was suicide. And by the time I spoke with Marina... He showed me, yes, I am for her. Okay. So he came through for her. I got him at first as a hanging victim. I pulled him and I didn't question it because she had said, yeah. Okay. So that was my confirmation. Um, as we went on and they were talking, excuse me, about personal things, um, which I won't go into detail right. about. He was talking about some of the things that she still has of his and, you know, some of the things that they've gone through in life and different, you know, there's that shadow again. Very Sorry. Personal stuff. Sorry, that shadow um, again. Sorry for the interruption. Right. And then he brought me into his death and the details just didn't match up with what, what I was told, what I believed was a, a self-inflicted hanging. It just didn't match up. Um, the way that his legs were positioned, for instance, uh, it was like as though he was pulled and dragged over, okay, mm. because they were they were bent in a way that would have been conducive with being staged, right. if you will. Right. Okay. So I got some, uh, I don't know how much of this I can share, but I mean, I a lot of details, um, even in regards to maybe other people being involved. Um, and like I told her, and I tell everybody if these things come through and I can tell that there's foul play or anything, pass my information along to anybody who could reopen the case or detectives who have worked on it. And I'm happy to give them any information that I'm getting to. Right. You know, and um, well, Marina, Marina believes that he was murdered. I, 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 Correct. Yeah. Yes. And is that your then your conclusion based on what you saw, what he told you? I mean, couldn't he tell you whether he was murdered? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that's what I was getting, is that there was foul play. And I mean, without getting into full details, like, I just don't feel comfortable getting into the full details. I understand. Because some of it is just, you know, it's for him. I, I just, 
I stumble because I don't know how much of it is okay to say. Okay, but without um, without divulging any other, you know, anything else, did she did did David Carradine? First of all, why would he come through as John if his? He came through as John because that was his birth name, I believe. Ah, well, that was his. Um, when I asked yeah. Marina why he was coming through as John. You know, okay, eventually, basically what happened was eventually I'm like, okay, am I supposed to know you? He was showing me himself on a stage and then behind a stage and on a stage and behind a stage. And then he's showing me him talking to a young lady in the in the makeup area, like a makeup artist. Well, I guess Marina did makeup art and stuff before. So, you know, they had been talking and stuff. And But he was somebody who worked, you know, off stage, like directing and stuff, and then also on stage. Um, so he was showing me kind of, he was trying to explain to me who he was. Ah. And so he's sitting here with me cross-legged on my bed and getting kind of snarky. And I'm like, well, I can't tell who you are. And he came in really close to me and he's like, is this better? And he was kind of mocking me. And I was like, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was really funny. Like he's just kind of playing around with me. He was a real chilled laid back guy. And I really liked him. And I kind of got his energy as like Clint Eastwood, but he didn't look like him. And then he shows me, um, himself superimposed over um, Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee, I know who Bruce Lee is. So oh, Bruce Lee is like standing in this in this pose with his leg out and in his full attire, um, and he superimposed himself over him, and he put his hair back in a ponytail. Oh, that's how and he I communicated. And I looked at him and I yeah. thought, oh my god, I know who you are. Then he shows me Uma Thurman, and he shows me the end of one of the Kill Bills, where she takes him outside and she kills him. Right. And and he was born John Arthur Carradine, of course. uh, His father was a very famous actor, John. Carolyn, we're out of time. We'll have to have you back. This was fascinating. Definitely. I'd love to join you again. Give us a website, Carolyn, if people want to get a hold of you. Sure. It's www.thenextworldmedium.com Thenextworldmedium.com Please come back again and uh, stay safe there in the uh, Christmas house. Okay, great. Thank you for having me. All right. My pleasure. Uh, Ian Robertson, thank you. Albert Vinzel, and uh, of course, Ryan White. Thank you all. Back next week, a brand new show, Rosemary Ellen Guiley in the second hour and reverse speech expert David Oates in the first hour. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.